Before I begin our podcast, I would like to usher a trigger warning to anyone at home who might take offense at subject material pertaining to World War II or the Third Reich. For those that are, I apologize, but I also hope you understand the context in which this is being presented. It is not the intention of this podcast to upset anyone. Should you choose to skip this episode, completely understand. That being said, let us continue. Massachusetts, aka, you never know what you're gonna see. 413. We're here for oh, that matter fuck. because this is the Script Apart Podcast, the only podcast about hapless actors navigating their way through fictitious bad movies. Hopefully, you know the premise by now. I've got bad movies, I've got bad movie scripts, I've got guests who are here to perform complete blind reads of said movies. Join us as we venture into the unknown and attempt to make cinema out of the uncinemable. Uncinemable. And cinnamon. Uh, cinnamon. That's still your best intro yet. I know, right? Despite yeah. and, you, and you mispronounced two different words. <laughs> I'm your host, Neil Bonsteel, and I am joined by three other things you can see in the 413. My guests today are Liz, Hi. Anthony, and Hi. introducing... What's your name again? I don't know, you tell me. Uh, today you'll be playing the part of Johnny. Yes, I am Johnny Donaldson, and hello, and... Thank you for having me, Neil. You've played, ah, you've played better roles, I must admit. You should hear his FDR voice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> that was not rehearsed either. That's the sound of a mess for revving. So FDR. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, on account of parallelism? Anthony. You said it. Anyway, are we That's playing a game That's the proper word, today? right? Yeah. Of course we play a game every week. Uh, Johnny, you're new here. Do you know why you're here? No. I thought this was an intervention. It was an intervention. <laughs> it was an intervention about cupcakes and we yeah. failed miserably. <laughs> because the audience at home gets that reference. Johnny has eaten a lot of cupcakes so far. We got far. cupcakes here. No, Johnny, this is the Script Apart podcast. You will be uh, subjected to some scripts that you know nothing about. In fairness, I gave you a little bit of direction. And that was an FDR voice. Yep. Yep. To be clear, I've never gotten any direction. It's true. You don't need it, baby. Oh, jeez, Louise. You don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the game. Uh, you've played before. It's uh, read between the log lines, pal. That's the, from episode one. Episode correct? one, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll re-explain it. A log line is a one to two sentence pitch for a movie, and I went to IMDb. And I found like some really obscure bad movies, and I pulled them off, the log lines off, and I've mixed them in with some log lines I've made up. Now my contestants are going to have to figure out if it's a real movie or a fake movie by telling me I'm log lining or log lying. I don't should he should he know the stakes? No. Because then I don't even know what the stakes are. Were there stakes? If he knows the stakes, yeah, we got to the part that happens at the end oh, every time. Okay, if right. he knows what the stakes are, he's not going to try very hard. That's kind of the fun. That's a good point. I'm an asshole. I'm oh, yeah. Hard. <laughs> I really want to win this one. Okay, let's You get to lick the off. rest of the chocolate frosting off the cupcakes. Well, then I want to lose then. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if there's a tie, we're rolling with the tie. I don't want to... So, we spent but, way so too we're, much. So we're each answering each one this time? Yes. Okay. Yes. Feeling particularly lonely, 
A shy werewolf shaves down for a night on the town in the hopes of meeting a mate. He finds the girl of his dreams, but complications arise when her clingy ex-boyfriend turns out to be Van Helsing's great-great-great-great-grandson, and he's growing greatly suspicious. Oh, um, I'm gonna go with log lining. Is that the premise to Teen Wolf? I'm gonna go log lining. I think I know what movie this is. I will also it. go with log lining. You have to say the movie. I think it's Stan Helsing. No. This movie's made up. Oh. It does not exist. Are you sure it's not Stan Helsing? That was very detailed. Yeah. <sighs> Take it. Run with it. Next one. Tied at zero. A cyborg disobeys his own programming and fails to kill an environmental scientist who holds the fate of mankind in his hands. The cyborg seeks refuge in a desert diner. While he is able to win the heart of the woman who runs the diner, he finds himself hated and hunted by not only his creators, but also a local arm wrestling champ. Um, although it could have morphed into over the top, <laughs> I will I was say <laughs> that it is log lying. Sounds like a really bad canon film. I'm going to go log lining. I'll go with log lining. Wait, did you say a canon film, like Drumline? Not Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is called Hands of Steel, and wow. it is very real. Because he's got a cyborg arm, and the local arm wrestling champ is upset that he lost. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right and that, out in the Blu-ray of that whole thing. Oh, that was also Stan Helsing? <laughs> Sorry, Nick Cannon. Of course. <clears throat> Question three. Jackie, a lovable screw-up con artist, mistakenly gains the ire of the Yakuza, who have put out a hit on him. Little do the Yakuza realize, Jackie has two identical brothers, one an animal tamer, the other a butler, both masters of kung fu. Mistaken identities, mishaps, and martial arts ensue in this massive mix-up movie. Well, clearly this is just the first Godfather. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say log lying. I'm gonna go with log lining. I'm gonna say log lying because usually when you make one up, it's about the Yakuza. <laughs> Have I done Yakuza? Before? You every time you've done Yakuza. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. They'll the kill you six times, Regan, before you hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll make the same joke six times before you hit the ground. So, lining, lying, lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am obsessed with the Yakuza. You are. I, I cannot help myself. <laughs> All right, so what's the score? Oh, come on. Uh, Johnny's Mistaken ahead. Mistaken identities, mishaps, and martial arts ensue in this massive mix-up movie. Yeah, no one tied. With <laughs> two, one, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chess is supposed to be a gentleman's sport, right? No. <laughs> Not in this tournament. <laughs> well. Not in this tournament, where pawns and royalty alike participate in a game of seduction and murder to determine the world's champion and claim an invaluable prize of being the successor to the crown. Checkmate might be the last words these players will ever hear. Liz. Lying. Lining. Lining. Those IMDb things get really casual sometimes. So. Well, it depends on if a fan writes them. but. And the fan is right here because that movie don't uh, exist. Woo! Oh, look at that. You are quite a fan, aren't you? Yeah, I love chess. <laughs> what was that first part? He loves Yakuza chess. And yeah. Chess is supposed to be a gentleman's game, right? right? No. no. <laughs> God damn it. 
Moving on, a struggling burger joint accidentally adds a sex drug to their special sauce. More than their business is about to boom. Anthony. Lining. 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 Isn't that just good burger? Right, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Wait, no, for real, isn't it? No, it's fast food, baby. Oh, okay, because oh, in good burger, they add that crazy drug to the burgers yeah, and the whole plant. Film. That's hardly a kid's film. It's There's... a PG-rated Nickelodeon film. It's PG-13. No, it's not. Honey. That's enough it's to show at least one nipple, right? It's... I'll show you one nipple right now. <laughs> Pay attention at home, kids. It's so scary. Okay, you know, I got... Is that a child at home? Why is it in the center of your chest? Why are there three of them? Okay. We got two to go. Good burger. You guys ready? Always ready. Detectives Vincent and Ernie, a velociraptor and triceratops, are but two dinosaurs of many living in the present day using holographic disguises to blend in. The two find themselves on a case that starts with a simple dino suicide, but ends with the discovery of a dino cult that wants to reclaim the world. Johnny. I'm pretty sure that's lying, but it sounds like it could be a sequel to that bad Whoopi Goldberg one where she's taught. Uh, team with a there was, oh, there was a good one. Oh, um, what was it? Uh, something Rex. Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex. Yeah. yeah, it's a fictional sequel to Theodore Rex. I think you were lying, but so, so lying, log lying. Thank you, Anthony. Um, I guess if I'm gonna beat Johnny. I've gotta go against him. So, lying. What did he say? He said lying. Lining. I'll go log lining. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. I swear I've what seen the this fuck movie. movie is this? I'm offended by a simple dino suicide. <laughs> what can be Ew. simple about that? <laughs> it's called sounds... Anonymous Rex. And they have like small arms and stuff. How does he even do that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Liz is pulled into the lead with hey. four. Anthony three. Johnny three. Last one. And we do like one or two tiebreakers, but that's it. An amputee woman gets a double hand transplant and a, <laughs> and a huge surprise. She can suddenly perform real magic. And when she discovers these used to be the hands of Merlin, things only get weirder. Lying. Lining. Lining. Ah! Liz well, we had it. to go against Liz if we were yep. gonna, yeah. Yep, that's fair. Good job, Liz. Yeah. You are a master liner. I think I saw that dinosaur movie. Anonymous Rex, is that what it's yeah. called? Sci-fi classic. And uh, what's your amputation one called? I don't know, I made it up. I know, like, what would you uh, call it? It's got magic, so nothing up my sleeve. Well, it's not hands of steel, we know that. <laughs> oh, also nothing up my sleeve because his hands are cut <laughs> off. You didn't even mean it like that, did you? Oh, I did. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. It was a woman, too. Nah. That's a woman. Johnny, you want to ease into this one? Or you just want to hit the deck running? Let's just hit the deck running. All right. I'll give you, I got, I got two Germans here and one American. Is the American FDR? Uh, I'll do a really bad Russian accent and pretend it's German. Oh, that works. Uh, here we go. Interior, German prison holding cell. Large cement bricks line the walls of an oppressively dim and precisely square room. Weak rays of morning light fall in through the head-high prison bars and are immediately choked out by the dust and darkness that permeate the room. In the center of the grisly room is our hero, Lieutenant Jack Captain, tied to a chair. He is drenched in water, 
and even though he is slumped forward in his full auburn locks hang over his face, we can still see he is in his early 30s, a thicket of perfect stubble grown over his perfectly chiseled jaw to match his other refined features. Lieutenant Jack Captain is basically the apex of your all-American soldier, and if he can outlast this war, he'll live yet to be your all-American hunk. Someone's got a crush. So I'm typecast, got it. Yeah, yeah, basically. At first he is motionless, but suddenly coughs, spits out water from his <laughs> mouth. He chuckles to himself, leans back, head revealing the defiant smile of an unbreakable soul. <laughs> Is that the best you've got? He speaks out into the dark corner of the room, a beat of silence. Silence. Uh, <laughs> then we hear the clip-clop of boots on cement, heel-toe, heel-toe, until a man dressed in a perfectly fitted SS uniform steps into the light. His boots are impeccably clean, his suit pressed of any visible wrinkles, his medals gleam even in this meager light. This walking embodiment of austerity is none other than Colonel Rolf Plimschneid. Oh. His facial features are so tightly pulled back they look to be part of his suit. The corners of his thin lip frown slowly curve into a disconcerting smile. Ah, he smiles. So you thought that was funny, yeah? Rolf steps forward, twirling the hair on his eyebrow. Until he's a few feet from Jack, he leans forward. You can admit to it, and no one will think less of you. Certainly not I. Go ahead. Laugh. <laughs> Jack stares Roth directly in the eyes. Yeah, it's funny. Side-splitting. It's hilarious. Just how pathetic you Nazi scum are. You reek of desperation, or maybe that's the rotten schnitzel. Roth's smile turns sour. Is that your sour. FDR voice? <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be FDR in this role. Oh, you're nailing it. What? That's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> to the president. <clears throat> Hit me with whatever you got, Clink. You'll never win. Oh, we've been over this many times. It is Rolf, not Clink. Perhaps you are losing your mind after all. Despite your strong front, the cracks in your soul are growing, maybe? Not a chance. Clink. I just told him. It is no matter. You will break eventually. It is but a matter of time, which we have in an abundance here in Deutschland. A thought occurs to Rolf, and he flashes a smile before quickly trying to conceal it. In fact, <clears throat> so much time I took a vacation recently. Do you want to know how it went? Hell no. Really? You're not the least bit curious? Keep an ear slideshow, buddy. It was very noteworthy. A voice pipes in from the darkness. Colonel, I want to know. Thank you, Han. My vacation was horrible! For you see, in the hotel, I was in room 100, but the one fell off the door. Ha <laughs> ha that's a good one, Colonel. Rolf is pleased with himself. Meanwhile, Jack looks confused. Get it? I didn't get a wink of sleep. The laughing from the dark gets louder. <laughs> Ziv one fell off. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, right? He turns back to Jack, who is shaking his head with a smug smirk. I don't get it. Rolf's merriment fades again. Rolf violently waves his hand to the darkness and the laughter stops. <laughs> oh, sorry, Colonel. Nothing, really. For in Germany, the zero-zero on the room marks the lavatory, you see? Bupkis. Rolf slowly turns away. Hmm. 
Of course you wouldn't get it. It is too high brow. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Rolf zips back around to inspect Jack's reaction. Nothing. This gets under his Rolf's skin. You will crack, American! Over my dead body. Of corpse you would be so grave. Keep trying. I am trying so hard, I am in knots! How about a spit take? A what? Jack spits at Rolf's feet. <laughs> Rolf recoils, buffing his boot against the back of his other leg. He slowly turns to Jack, a look of unbridled disgust in his face. You will reveal your secrets. We have not yet begun to dance, as you say. Did you ever hear about the sea captain? He leans in over Jack, maintaining constant eye contact. Who had a steering wheel coming out of his crotch? He leans in a little more. When someone pointed it out, he said... He's leaning in so close their faces are almost touching. Ah, I do. It's driving me nuts. The stare down is intense. Rolf's eye twitches with rage. Jack's jaw clenches, his frown struggles to maintain its shape, but eventually breaks and he grits his teeth. <laughs> Jack does everything in his power not to laugh. He turns away from Rolf and screams in anger. Rolf stands back up, eyes lit. Aha! I knew it! A breakthrough! The voice from the darkness speaks up. I don't get it! The Americans! They love the balls so much! Jack reels around. Ah, fine, fine, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. Finally, are you ready to share your secrets? Yes, yes, just please enough. I'll tell you the secret, just stop, I beg you. Secrets? Just one? Yes, just one. It's simple. Of course, it is American after all. Jack slumps back, he's exhausted. Come closer. Rolf looks suspicious until Jack gives a quick glance to the dark side of the room where the voice of Han was coming from. Rolf looks there too. What? This must be a heavy secret. Uh, nothing, Han. I'll whisper it to you. This is not a gag. I swear on my mom's apple pie recipe. Rolf considers this. Americans are very fond of their apple pie. It must be the real deal. Rolf leans in. Closer. Rolf leans in closer, ear first. Closer! Rolf's ears up to Jack's mouth. Your breath smells like sauerkraut. Jack burps right into Rolf's ear and laughs to himself. Very nice. Rolf bolts upright, a look of sheer fury in his face. Damn! How is that even funny? How is pointing out obvious information amusing? Of course it smells like sauerkraut, doomkopf. I had it for lunch today. I have it for lunch every day. Jack laughs even harder. How is that remotely clever? Hans, enough! At the mention of Hans, the voice of the darkness finally presents himself. Hans is a German soldier, less decorated than his counterpart, but with a muscle mass, he looks 10 times more brutal. Hit him again! Y'all! Han wheels on a very large <laughs> plastic flower and parks it close to Jack's face. Hello, friends! <laughs> Would you like to smell my pretty flower? No, not really. Oh, sure you do! Everybody do! <laughs> I don't want... Water squirts out of the water in Jack's face. <laughs> Livid, Rolf collects himself before marching to the steel door on the far side of the room. Is this not a laugh, eh? 
You love it when your furor of comedy, Jerry Lewis, pulls such a stunt? Is this not the pinnacle of your humor? Love it now! Do not stop until he loves it! You hack Nazi bastards. We will make you laugh if it takes us the whole war. Rolf slams a steel door behind him. The vicious clang sounds throughout the room. Meanwhile, Jack is getting doused over and over. He squirms in his chair. Cut to interior prison hallway continuous. Rolf storms down the hallway, followed by the voices of Han and Jack still in the prison room. Now, now, cheer up. Smell my pretty flower. This is crap shtick. Stop and smell the roses, please. Stick. Jack's anguished cries echo down the hall. Shtick! Shtick! I get it, because of the Nazis. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. You get it, yeah! <laughs> you never heard Yavolt? No. no. Neither did Johnny. I only know it because that's what she says in Austin Powers. I don't know what it means. It means Yavolt. Yavolt, doctor. Uh, Neil? Oh, you actually, it just means, uh, yes, you... sir. Oh. old captain. I said yo. Oh, you said it right, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, uh, I'm guessing that they're torturing an American prisoner using comedy. Their secrets. Kinda, kinda. It's his secret to comedy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know what's funny about that is the Germans are notorious for not having a sense of humor. And there was a great Monty Python documentary where the Monty Python group actually went to Germany to after World War II, sometime in the 60s, they were commissioned to go there by Germany to teach comedy. Mm. And they got there and they get off and they're like, okay, real quick, we'll just get this out of the way and take you to the concentration camp and well, yeah. not be funny. <laughs> like, oh, this happened, but not be uh, funny. <laughs> they, they did a whole episode in Germany, <clears throat> didn't they? They might have, I don't know, I just remember that. Pass me a uh, cupcake, cupcake. Hey, another one, baby. This, this, this goes it's back to, Aww. This is an idea my younger brother and I used to joke about in high school. It's like we wanted to make a POW camp and POW camp. Oh, that's so hilarious! War <laughs> what, film, wow! Uh, in which uh, the, the Germans thought they could win the war by cracking the American sense of humor. Ah. Well, when funny enough, after the war they went for the British sense of humor. Very dry. So I want you know I actually. I meant the cupcake. Oh, no. Okay. no. I did research on German humor. And apparently the the one I was in room one hundred, and the one fell off. You did, you Google searched uh, German humor and nothing came up. Yeah. Wait. So, so well, apparently the results. German bathrooms have double zeros on them. Yeah. Is that the why? I don't know. It's just part of German culture. And so he couldn't get a wink of sleep because he, Cause he was in the bathroom. In the bathroom? No, or people kept trying to use his room as the bathroom. Mm. Uh, so I hope they didn't succeed. I hope they did. Why doesn't their hotel room have their own bathroom? Yeah. I don't know. My yeah, wait a minute. My research only went so far. <laughs> My research got the gags and I moved on. Got the gags and moved on. I like oh, it. Oh, wow. I thought you'd do a little bit more with that. Well, where's the second half? No. research with I don't, gags. I don't do I potty right humor. Here, baby. You don't do dick jokes? I don't do I dick jokes. Not this episode? <laughs> Not since last week. <laughs> I got them all out of my system last week. But he'll uh, have some ass jokes re ready we'll for see. us. We'll I see. thought because it, it was Lent. Is it Lent? No. No. No, no, that's like April. <laughs> it's March. It's right before Easter, so it, it really so depends. Could be March or April. It starts 
Mardi Gras. It's Anthony's pre-Labor Day uh, Lent. He's uh, giving up the uh, dick jokes. Pre-Labor Lent. PLL. Are we playing another game or are we doing the next script? No, uh, this is just script. fascinating uh, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, John, this, uh, this is your first foray. <laughs> How do you feel? All right. Just all right? You were just doused with water. He's soaking wet. I mean, I need to take a shower anyway, so it's good. That's fair. I'm true. Yeah. Doing fine. Feels yeah. good. You feel good? Feel Feels good. good. Okay. Johnny, you're actually playing two stand-up comedy comedians. One successful, one unsuccessful. And they're both FDR. Yes. <laughs> that would have been great if it was actually FDR. Wait, so is there no FDR? I'm glad it's actually written as Beth bad FDR impression in here, because oh, okay. it's going yeah. to be a bad FDR impression yeah, anyway, yeah. so... So maybe your bad impression of a bad impression will be a good impression. Oh no. It'll fail doubly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys ready? They're cheating. They're reading ahead. Uh, I just want to play Gita. Can I be Gita and Rolf? You, you want uh, Gita and Rolf, then you would... Just be Gunther? Just Gunther. I'll let you guys fight the, it out. Uh, we can just switch again if you friends. want. I can keep being Rolf if you want to be both of these guys. No, I just want to be Gita. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like the name. She sounds adorable. <laughs> you don't get to say the name. <laughs> Alright, we're sticking as is. Aww. Maybe we'll just say them together. We'll say the lines together. Oh, that sounds wretched. One person's doing it. <laughs> we gotta keep on the same highlighting script. Either yeah. you're both and I'm Rolf. Let me see. Exterior! Streets of Berlin. Night. Cars line the stone streets of Berlin. We see the Colonel's car. Classic Mercedes-Benz outfitted with military symbols parked in front of the entrance of Zilaf House. The obnoxious neon glow of the establishment sign attempts to draw away from the piles of street trash and reality that it's just another dingy, low-rate comedy club. We hear a restless audience as we push in. Sporadic groans and boos become louder and louder. Fade to interior. Zilaf House continuous. Zilaf House is a singular room bar whose counter is wet, sticky, and overrun with empty beer steins. The place is barely illuminated by loose candles, spreading their wax over the wooden tables, which are mismatched, rickety, and crammed into the center of the room. Patrons, uh, in various states of inebriation and irritation, are seated around them, with barely an arm's worth of space between one another. It goes without saying that this is not a classy dive. What a popular one. The only spot in the house that is noticeably lit hangs over the makeshift stage that faces the congregation of tables and drunks. The stage is, in fact, just a stack of pallets. We finally see what is the cause of the commotion. On stage is Herrick Weber, a man in his late 20s looking hampered and exhausted, but still managing to put up a strong, enthusiastic front for his audience. He is in a squat, mimicking being in a wheelchair, maneuvering around the stage and dodging the bits of food being thrown at him by the audience. Herrick wheels over to the microphone. And remember, folks, there's nothing to fear except fear itself. And my wife's cooking. Ooh. 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 From the am I right, or am I right? Right? Get it? Ooh. More booze. You boo. I must be doing something right. You see? Six wrongs don't make a third Reich. Sensing he's spiraling. JFK in a 1920 jinx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? Uh, sensing he's spiraling, Herrick pulls out the big guns. Okay, okay, okay. Hitler and Goring are standing atop the Berlin radio tower. Hitler says he wants to do something to put a smile on the Berliners' faces. So Goring says, why don't you jump, ah? Huh? The audience has had enough and are on their feet booing in unison. Oh, Rains oh. bits of potatoes and loose veggies on the, uh, on the stage 
At the side of the stage is a portly man with a tuba who begins playing Herrick off. Suddenly, joining Herrick on stage is Gita, who is heavily made up with rosy cheeks but a typical Dirndl. Dirndl. Dirndl, thank you. You just copy in words that you don't know what they mean. <laughs> I practiced and I forgot. She's also tonight's MC. Wait, what does that mean, though? It's just a German dress. Oh. But in a typical German dress. She's also tonight's <laughs> MC. She begins to usher Herrick off the stage. Danke, don't forget, I'm Eric the Umerst. Gita shoved Herrick off the stage. Ha ha, more like der Horrible, huh? Are there any SS members in the audience tonight? We might have to send this one off to the laugh camp, huh? The audience, it's a bad comedy club. The audience guffaws and applauds. <laughs> it was a good singer, but they're also relieved to see the end of Herrick's performance. However, there is but one silent table in the entire room. And seated at it is Colonel Rolf Flimstein, who tonight is dressed in a commoner suit. Sitting next to him is Captain Gunther Gruber, who is similarly dressed as Rolf, but actually looks more fitting of this apparel. Gunther applauds the exit of Herrick, tossing a pinch of sauerkraut at him. <laughs> he just had little cups of sauerkraut. <laughs> no, it's just a pinch. Just... This is a bit of a dead end, eh, Colonel? Eight comics, and that was the worst one of the bunch by kilometers. Rolf is deep in concentration, staring straight ahead at the empty stage. Deep in what? Concentration. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. We're moving on. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Might I remind you, Captain, to maintain some sort of confidentiality? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Colonel. Uh, mein Kumpel. Trust me, I'm no less interested in ending this facade as you, but... But we must not give up on our task, no matter how many undesirable acts we have to witness. For the glory of the country rests on us. Ja, ja. Just saying a few more of these in the Western Front doesn't seem like such a bad alternative. I will pretend that remark was merely an uncomfortable and unfortunate <laughs> influence on the wretched performances we've been forced to bear and dismiss it. This time, mein Kumpel. There's just not, there's just not enough David Hasselhoff here. And... <laughs> Is there other? What's a Kumpel? Friend. Oh. Just sounded good. Gunther disengages, looking back down at his hands, ashamed. But his attention returns to the stage when Gita speaks again. And now may I present from Munich, the land of comedy, Franz Frank. Franz Frank, a short, stocky man with a raggedy comb-over, eagerly jumps onto stage and grabs the microphone. Matching his mannerisms, he leaps right into a joke. Danke, danke, now close your clappers, I have a joke. So a mountaineer walks into a shop and says, Hey, I need underpants. The shopkeeper says, Long? There's an anticipatory chuckle from the audience. <laughs> the mountaineer replies, I want to buy it and not rent it. The audience laughs uproariously. Franz takes it all in. Yeah, yeah, you like that one, eh? It's like my papa always told me. If the ox were to use a condom, the whole barn would laugh at him. The audience loves it, especially Gunther. Now this guy, this guy is good. Yeah, too good. Good. So that's it? We've found our man? Yeah, we have. I want Herrick. What, what? Herrick was a horse manure. 
Listen to this. Just listen. Gunther gestures to the surrounding patrons, laughing and banging their steins in approval of Franz gallivanting around the stage. I... They love Franz. He's a gas riot. No American would ever recognize him. What more could you want? He is perfect. He is perfect for a German. However, we are not trying to impress the Germans, are we? Franz is on stage, waving his hands to get the attention of uh, the audience to stop. Scheiße, stop laughing. I was hoping to get a free meal up here. You give me laughs when I want schnitzel. Okay, what if I say my name is Eric? Rolf stands up. Follow. But I'll miss a set. Rolf begins walking away. Hello, I'm Eric. Have you noticed shopping women? The audience plays along, laughing and fake booing. Ah, feed me, I'm a big boy. Gunther sighs and falls in Rolf's footsteps, keeping low to avoid the food that is being hurled at Franz, who is dancing around stage with an open maw to collect as much as he can in his jowls. Feed me! Feed me! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Cut to interior basement moments later. Eric is alone in the grimy basement, hurriedly eating food off a plate with his hands. He's looking particularly greasy with the onslaught of food from earlier, with bits of cabbage hanging from his messy head of hair. Unbeknownst to him, Rolf and Gunther emerge behind Sorry, him in the not shadows. Pronouncing the H a German thing? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, rolling with it. I'm I don't know. Herrick. Yeah, All right. Herrick. Herrick. Now you got me doing. Spins around with a frightened jump, falling back onto a shelf of potatoes that rain down on him. My God! He stands back up, attempts to compose himself. That is me. A strange place to request an encore, is it not? Please, no. Herrick shoots a glance at Gunther. Well, if you come to heckle me, you're too late, and you made me drop my schnitzel. Whatever else you have to say can be directed to my agent, who is dead. So good luck <laughs> and good day. I'm afraid I must ask for more, more respect, dear Herrick. Rolf flashes his SS badge. Herrick's face goes completely white. I, I, sir, I apologize. I hope there was nothing in my act that offended the Reich, I assure you. Rolf waves his hand and Herrick immediately shuts up. Relax, civilian. I am indeed here on behalf of the Reich, but not for the reasons you think. Rolf takes a slow step towards Herrick. I have never have I experienced in the performing arts having dedicated my life to the motherland's security. But surely, I imagine you must be wary of this nightly humiliation. It is not glamorous, no, but it feeds me. Herrick picks up the schnitzel that hit the floor. He takes a nibble from it. And a man cannot ask much more, can he? Food alone does not keep a soul alive, but his pride. Should a man starve even on the cusp of death, he still should beg to serve his country. That is our greatest good as German citizens, wouldn't you agree? Herrick just nods. Besides, there is only so much of the stream of rock can survive before it is a pebble and is carried off. I am here to give you an opportunity to salvage your pride and serve your country before you slip away into the ocean lost. Opportunity or order? Rolf stops. Herrick realizes he might have overstepped his bounds. He expects Rolf's full wrath, but instead is treated with a wry smile that twists across Rolf's face. Normally you'd be shot for such an audacious comment, but that is what is so common in the Americans. Herrick is relieved, but still very cautious about his precarious situation. Uh, danke, but what do I have to do with, with the Yankees? Still smiling, Rolf stares at Herrick for a beat. 
Then he suddenly grabs Herrick by the back of the head. Herrick is terrified, but doesn't struggle, allowing Rolf to turn and rotate his head, inspecting every detail with scrutiny. The booze, the jeers. They eat at your heart like the maggots and the rotting cow. It is clear no German has love for your tripe. Your fate is all but sealed, my little pebble. But imagine another way, where your so-called jokes do not fall on deaf ears, and to your name, praises are thrown instead of the foul bar food that coats you. Rolf pulls back Herrick's hair and lets it drop over his face again. Herrick's eyes dart around the room like a frightened animal. Finally, Rolf squares Herrick's face up with his own, and they lock eyes. The President of the United States. Quote him again. Uh, when you can do the voice. <clears throat> Herrick clears his throat, and we can see in his eyes an attempt to concentrate. When you, when you come to the end of your rope, Rolf wordlessly mounts the lines along with Eric. Tie a knot and hang on. Rolf smiles slowly. Yeah, he is perfect. Oh. <laughs> He's going to convince the Americans that their president is JFK and a gangster. <laughs> you got it? Yes! <laughs> Well, now we thanks, Liz, for spoiling the ending. Aww. Spoiler alert. When you uh, come to an end. When you... Yes, sing. Yes, Yeah, boss. Um, as for the H, I think it's probably because Mr. in German is Er. H-E-R-R. What did they call him? Like Hitler? Er. Er Hitler. Adolf Hitler. No, the Adolf Hitler. They, that's an F. They say they're Fs. There's an H at the end of Adolf, though. Um, I think it was just A-D-O-L-F. Yeah. I think there's some people that spell it A-D-O-L-P-H, but I don't think... <laughs> no, they're all... <laughs> they really are. Um, but not Hitler, I don't believe. Hitler has a more refined taste. Simpler. Yeah. Thoughts? Let's talk about what else I like yeah. about Hitler. He <laughs> <laughs> was a vegetarian and oh. a painter. Well, this... Podcast was fun while it lasted, and then Anthony yeah. started talking about what he liked about Hitler. <laughs> to be fair, I've been talking about what I like about Hitler all three episodes. You mean Hitler? Yeah. Now it was just the one where it actually made sense. Ale Hitler. Oh, Hitler. All right, anyways. <laughs> I can turn into a cockney. <laughs> I'll show you a cockney. Oh, I guess I am doing those jokes. Oh. <laughs> Break out your bingo cards. There are more German jokes in here that I don't get either. Yeah, I feel nice. like you should have looked them up. No, I looked them up, and it's 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 one of those things like culturally, we just don't get them. The ox wearing a condom thing, it's it's kind of like I don't know, it's not exactly funny, but there was like this whole line of of jokes that rhymed. They don't rhyme in English, but they rhyme in German, and it's just I don't know. <laughs> it's apparently it's comedy. There's I like this, a nice uh, joke. In in South America, there's there's this thing. You call someone, when I was there, you call someone salami if you thought they were stupid. It's so, so like, man, that guy is so salami when he sees two pieces of bread, he just jumps in between them. Uh, so it's kind of like, it doesn't make sense, right? But. <laughs> no, it, it makes sense. I like to dive between slices of bread myself. It's so salami. All right. Well, that's because you played a bread last time. <laughs> well, that's true. I was, a bre I was a bread last time. You were a bread. I played a bread. <laughs> yeah. Um, if the ox would use a condom, the whole barn would laugh at him. Yeah, everyone knows in America we laugh when it's a cow, not an ox. Right. 
Oh, that'll make quite a film. Yeah, well, when okay. you make it, really, really brought the the house down on this one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Are ox like uh, mules where they can't reproduce? No, no, they have a lots of little tiny oxen. Those, they're very fertile. Are you sure there isn't like a? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the only example like bison, I can think of of like that as a mule. You know. I think they're separate species. We've, we've, your podcast has devolved to, to the meeting <laughs> habits of oxen. Yeah, which was bound to happen. I, I figured at least by episode five, though. Yeah. Uh, the underpants joke. Yes. That's a real joke, and I do not get it. Oh, the ox is castrated. I just looked it up. Oxes are, are castrated. Huh. So how do they make more? The joke. He wears a condom. Oh. He has nothing to wear it on. Oh, okay. See? It's on oh. his head or something. So when I said I did research. Yeah, not well. I said no. Oh, your un underpants joke? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so a mountaineer walks into a shop and says, hey, I need underpants. The oh, yeah. The shopkeeper says, long? The mountaineer replies, I want to buy it. Not rent it. Yeah, he right, it he's saying he time. wants them for and a it's long time. Funny because the mountaineer oh. was also castrated. Like yes. the yeah, okay. you, don't, you don't get any of these underwear. jokes. I don't. <laughs> I got that one upon reading it. Oh, it's, but it's it's a cultural thing. We'll never get it. You'll never get it. Hmm. Never, never gonna get it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, okay, now I get it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Let's see, it's fine. I was at like long, like. Yes. Yeah, like long underpants. Yes. Like, oh, do you want underpants. long underpants? Okay, no. okay, it's all clicking in. Yes. Oh, you, so you didn't even get it a second I, no, ago I when you said I get it? All right. Oh, right. what well, a world. You know, I, I owe the Germans an apology. You don't. We I owe don't the owe the Germans an apology. <laughs> oh. I'm glad we got through this one, though. No, I've had this one since high school, and I'm just... Now it's gone. I Wait, the idea? Like, or? Yeah, my oh, younger okay. brother and I were like, we, okay, this whole thing came from my younger brother. Idea. We already told this story. Well, no, but it started with the one line, we will make you laugh if it takes the whole floor. That's all we had. And we're like, that's a movie idea, <laughs> right? How it grew. <laughs> so you did just write the script. You didn't have this in your... Yes, Anthony. Okay. You just got rid of the idea. Gotcha. He's been waiting to use this script for years, like decades now. <laughs> what happens to Eric? Eric? Or Herrick. Oh. We want to know. He becomes a mole. Oh, well now you get to to tell the steak. The I steak. Was I was explaining to him what happens to Eric, their humorist. Oh, yeah, yeah. He becomes a mole in the POW camp to infiltrate the Americans and, and get the, the humor out of them. Oh. Because that makes sense. All right. It sounds just like Hogan's hero. Or just Hogan's heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Hogan's hero. Right, I'll, One I'll, hero. Yeah, well, I guess we'll wrap up then. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, this is like the fastest one ever. Well, I you, know, it's a short one. You didn't do the steaks. We're doing that right now. Oh, you're sort of wrapping up. Johnny, goodness you gracious. You up and you didn't win, so you don't get to uh, decide the name of the movie, the director, whoever's acting in it, producing music. It's all on Liz. Oh, it's all God. on Liz. Can you I can delegate? Always... And you go. Can. You can all right, I want to keep buck. the title, but y'all can figure out the rest and come back oh. to me. Oh. All right. Well, do the title. No, I'll come back to me. Okay. All right, guys, who's directing? Spielberg. A Spielberg joint, huh? He doesn't do joints. That's Spike Lee. Only Spike does joints. So Spike Lee's doing this one. I guess that's what we Spike, took from it. Spike Lee. <laughs> Is doing this film, whatever it's called. Um, I would like Gunther to be uh, Klaus Kinski. 
No, I want Gunther to be played by the guy who played Gunther in Friends. Oh, I don't. <laughs> the albino? Yes. Um, we definitely need Kinski. Uh, let's see. I don't know that reference, Johnny. I'll have to look it up. Which reference? Gunther on Friends? Yeah. He's the, the guy who owned the, the stupid bar that they go to, go to all the time. The coffee shop? Oh, yeah. I don't watch Friends. He has a big crush on Rachel. Who doesn't? Anyway, I don't know enough about Friends. Yeah. Uh, Jack should be played oh, by... Oh, we the... call this movie Friends? <laughs> should be the... the There's already plenty of World War II movies most called Friends. American, most kind of grisliest guy you could think of to play this kind of role. So obviously the only choice for this role is Justin Long. Oh. I'm on board. I'm on board. Wait, long? I want to buy them, not rent them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be signing off. (laughs) All right, you're not going to like it because you hate my long movie titles, but I like long movie titles. Hey, we're buying it, not renting it. It's called This Is Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were right. Again, it's this is it Larius. <laughs> There's no H's in Germany. <laughs> Directed, okay. I give that a World War boo. Oh. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Oh, God. Oh, a Spike Lee joint. This is Hitlerius, starring Justin Long as Jack Captain, Gunther as Gunther from Friends. <laughs> and Klaus Klinski as Kinski. Klaus Klinski. <sighs> Shaking my fist. As Rolf? No, no, he was uh, he was Gunther. We still need a Rolf. Oh, Gunther is Gunther oh. from Friends. Oh, right. Well, then Udo so. Kier should be. Oh, Gita. I don't know. Sure, Gita. Udo Kier in a wig. Actually, that'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Tagline can be. More camp than you can take. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have Kraftwerk do the whole soundtrack. There you go. You can do that. So Klaus Kinski, yeah, is just gonna—he's gonna be on—he's gonna be in the movie, but has no role. Well, he could be. Who's the other? He could uh, be like the Eddie Murphy of this, or Brendan Fraser doing multiple roles. Oh, he could be Franz, actually. Franz. I mean, there's I also thought, Eric and... That's true. I thought Wario would just play Franz. <clears throat> Who? Wario. <laughs> Wario! Like Mario. Evil Mario. Oh. That's fat. Wow. Yeah, all right. God damn it. You and your Mario references. <laughs> we indeed. All right, so what's the closeout here? Klaus Quincy, Franz. <laughs> you know, he's everyone. He's he's in he's a there's a little bit of Klaus Kinski in all of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I that's guess, it. Yeah. Guys, as we wrap up the third and temper temporarily final episode of Script. This is Park. our last ones that were scheduled for. Well, I think it's the final one scheduled, right? Right. Until we. Hey, if you're listening to this and you like it, share. Let me know your thoughts. You can email us at scriptaparkpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me 
at Mayor McFrumples on Twitter. My delightful actors, do you have any shout-outs, anything to plug? I'd like to give a shout-out to social media. It's good, just in general. <laughs> yep. yeah. I, I want to give a shout-out to Twitter and Instagram. Instagram's and a dick. Fate, no, well, fuck Facebook, not Instagram. But uh, Snapchat. Drag Queen Bingo Oof. at Gateway City Arts. Oof, and don't edit that. At Hoxton Reed. And if you'd like to drink Evil Genius beer, you could. I will. Thank you. There you go. Han shop first. Johnny, what about the Mob of Meatloaf? Yes, I'll, I'll shout out to um, the website right towards dailygrindhouse.com. Uh, it's a horror and film cultural website that, um, that I started writing for about a couple years ago, so dailygrindhouse.com. Okay, all things music provided by Brian Bonsiel. Huge thank you to East Hampton Media for providing the space and equipment to record this podcast. They are a generous and worthwhile organization, so check them out. And thank you, everyone, for bearing with us and making it to the end. The Second World War wages on. Brave American soldiers have been taken prisoner behind enemy lines. They may not be on the front lines, but these POWs must hold the line against the Third Reich in a battle of wits. You will break eventually. It is but a matter of time, which we have in an abundance here in Deutschland. A battle that might be their last. I don't. Get it, Clink? Of course you wouldn't get it. It is too highbrow. An underground Berlin society that will stop at nothing to take down the Allied forces. Is the Ox what to use a condom? The whole bond would laugh at him. <laughs> oh, it's so naughty. Uh, now, now this guy, this guy is good, yeah? <laughs> Justin Long is the brave Lieutenant Jack Captain. Gee, Lieutenant, what a day, huh? Hey, wait a second. Someone's been in our barracks. No, private, don't sit down. Featuring Gunther from Friends as Gunther, Udo Kier as Gita, the leader of the underground Berlin comedy scene, Klaus Kinski as Franz Frank, Klaus Kinski as Hans, Klaus Kinski as Eric, the mole meant to take down the American forces, and Klaus Kinski as Klaus Klinski in a war thriller so real it will leave you in stitches. We will make you laugh. If it takes the whole bar! Coming this fall, this is Hitlerius, a Spike Lee joint, rated R.